Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey now, it's Brace for Impact, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined as always by JD by God Oliva. How you doing, JD? I'm so fucking tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. I So we're I'm recording tired. on a uh, – this is a special Saturday edition of uh, Brace for Impact, by the way, because uh, my work schedule was fucked this week. It was actually really bad last week, but we were able to do the show. This week was even worse than last week, and so we pushed it to Saturday, thinking that it would be a lot easier. But man, JD, you were stacked today, huh? Dude, I took this new job, right, teaching, and I really like it. I do. I really like teaching. But, like, I have two other jobs at the school, so I'm spending right now an average of, like, 12-hour days every day at school. And then, because I was a freelance videographer, I have to finish all my bookings for the year. And then we have practice on Sundays. So it's like I'm putting in seven days a week, like long hours. I'm I'm white, bro. Like, man, I just want to sit and watch TV for a little bit or do nothing. But it's tiring. I know. Listen to JD bitch. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> you, hell. dude. Me. Yeah, no, that that so that's <laughs> dude, I, I've been there. I've had those I've had those weeks, I've had those struggles, and then on top of it, guess what else you are? You're a fucking husband and a dad. I know. I that's so, what and, I, and you gotta carve this, out that time too. But that's right? what sucks. It's like you know, I gotta fulfill all these dates and like I missed my kid's soccer game today. And then like I'm I gotta film this wedding because I have these dates book, right? And it's a family style wedding, and like because of my contract, I get to eat dinner. Right. It's the one thing I say, I get to eat dinner and like they have family style. So there's a, there's like, you know, family style weddings. They just pass the plate around. 
and they right. had roast beef, right? And this one fuck face at the end of the table takes five pieces of roast beef. So there's nothing for the other half of the table. So <laughs> so I asked one of the guys walking, like, I'm like, hey, man, we ran out of beef. And I can't eat any other stuff because it's all full of sauces. And, you know, Johnny Gluten-Free can't eat that stuff. I'm like, hey, man, uh, we're out of we, – we ran out. Can we get another plate of beef? And the guy says, I got to serve everybody else, but I'll see what I can do. I'm like, all right. So he does. They start doing it. They grab, so the guy next to me grabs the plate and takes it the other direction. Oh, my God. And it's heading to this other guy. And I said, and I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. Hey, man, wait a second. I didn't get any last time. And this motherfucker looks across the table for me. And is like, oh, this guy didn't get to eat. And they, like, he just goes off. So I'm like, yeah, man, I didn't get to eat. Bring it over here. <laughs> so I grabbed one piece of beef, stuck it down my throat, and walked away from the table. And I was infuriated. And then the couple gave me $100. So, like, cash. And I went. Well, okay. I'm okay. I'm okay now. <laughs> Money makes yeah. everything. I mean, he just gave me a G to do nothing. So, you know, okay. I, I guess I won't beat up Uncle Dave sitting in the corner because I really thought about it. Oh, not, not, not our not, Uncle not, Dave. Yeah, not right, our pull, Uncle I just Dave. pulled the name yeah. out of I just pulled the first name. Came no, we like that Uncle Dave. Uncle Butch. I don't know. I This is my day-to-day. I'm like, sooner driving film, like, man, fuck this shit. I'm getting pissed off <laughs> about fucking beef. Like, ugh, it's been a long couple of weeks, man. How are you? Yeah, but, uh, no, it's been a long couple of weeks for me. So last week, um, my boss was out. So when your boss is out, then you take his role, right? And so I was filling basically two roles. And then this week, my kind of my right hand, um, like uh, the kind of the guy that kind of coordinates everything for me, he was out. Um, so I had double that work. And then I had another another person that asked me to fill in for them and, and their role in a different section. So I had to go fill in for them for a while. And, uh, and that's what really drove me to be late on uh, Thursday. So, so Thursday, so impact the, the YouTube in ultimate insiders, um, comes on at like two 30 in the afternoon here, but because I'm like, I'm like, you know, one of the top guys, I have my own office, right? So I can just put it up on YouTube on my computer and I'm not really the one out, in the field doing the stuff so I could do everything I do from the office. And so um, what I do is like kind of coordinate stuff and I'm like a program manager. I'm like an overseer of all the things. So my day to day folks, they're, they're out there in the field, they're out there thriving, doing their thing. And if they come to talk to me, if they need my help with anything, I can just hit pause and then I can officially, uh, I mean, essentially I can, you know, watch the show while I'm at work and then I, I get off at four 30, I can come straight home, clean up a little bit and then I can go right into podcasting. But on Thursday, um, our big bosses called me up into a meeting at three o'clock, which is right during showtime. So I couldn't actually watch the show and I didn't get out of that meeting until after five. And so I wouldn't have even been able to watch the show until five 30. Thus, I wouldn't have been able to record until after seven. And if you think about it, seven o'clock here in Hawaii time, five hours forward is JD's time. So that wasn't going to work for a guy that's got to get up and go to school the next morning. So at two in the um, morning. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we essentially, yeah, no, we would record it at midnight. We probably wouldn't have got off the air till one thirty. So, and then you wouldn't have been to bed till two. So we just, we just couldn't do it. And so we had to push everything to Saturday. So I appreciate everybody's flexibility. Uh, Real life gets in the way. JD and I are busy, busy dudes. Uh, We got full-time jobs. We got families to take care of. Fuck, I'm back in school. So lots of stuff going on in our worlds. And I got a motherfucker denying me roast beef. God damn. 
Sorry. I'll let that go. That's a red line, bro. You don't, dude, you don't mess around with another man's roast beef. I, like, I specifically asked and they took it away from me. Like, it was like, I felt like I was being <laughs> trolled. I'm like, you guys saw me ask. I'm the one who asked. Like, you, you got this goodness for everybody and then they what? just took what it made, away from you again. What made me angry was the dude who took five pieces the first time was going to take more. And I'm like, that defeats the that's like against the idea of family style, which is to share, you selfish, yeah. cocksucking piece of garbage. <laughs> I'm over it. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Get get it out of your system, JD. Get it out of your system. Um, you, said, you said if you have to bitch about something, do it on the show. So I well, yeah, you were you're about to tell show. this to me before we hit record. I'm like, hell no, this is hilarious. Let me hit record first. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, here let's uh, let's get into a little bit of breaking news, shall we? Breaking news. Okay, it's not ex- it's it's uh, it, JD, you're muted, but it's it's not exactly breaking news. Um, we've we've known about this for a while, but it's just being brought up. So Mia Yim's contract expires. Uh, I believe they said October 9th, which would be uh, the day after the um, the second Brace for Impact or the Brace for Bound for Glory taping, the second Bound for Glory taping that's happening uh, next week. So it'll be next Sunday. Her her contract expires. Look, you got Papa H back in WWE. I think he was a big fan of hers. Um, Mia Yim did state whenever she joined Impact earlier this year that she was uh, wanting to retire with Impact, which we all knew was bullshit. I think she was just being very nice. But, uh, you know, what what are your thoughts on uh, Mia Yim? You know, do we think she's going to stick around or we see her possibly going back to WWE or could she be AEW bound? I think if she was AEW, first of all, are we giving out six month contracts? They do. So they do. So like a lot of guys are on, say like Jonah was on six month or Morrissey was oh, on six okay. month or Morrissey just got extended another six months. So that's why he was around for a little bit longer. But okay. a lot of these cats that are coming in. They're just signing him to short term, short, short term deals because talent, you know, they want to keep their options open. Right. And impact is it. one of those places that will allow you to do a six month deal. Oh, that's not too bad, actually. Um, I think that if she was AEW bound, she would have been AEW bound before. Yeah. Uh, do now it's interesting because as you may have heard, Triple H and them were calling people and saying, Hey, if you can get out of your deal, we'll take you back. <laughs> yeah. You know, you might have heard this somewhere. Um, I know I've heard that they they referred to her husband, they called her husband, and he might have been one of the people who informed Tony Khan that this had happened. Mm-hmm. So um I've heard that. I don't, you know, that's unsubstantiated. So um, it's possible. It seems like he was not thrilled with the idea of going back. So it's possible they would try to lure her back um, in in an effort to also try to woo the husband back. Um, we'll call it a uh, we'll call it a Malachi, if you will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think it's possible they could bring her back. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why she would leave. I mean, like, if she's making good comparative money to Impact, I don't know why you leave. Because, like, that women's roster in, in, in WWE is kind of packed right now. And I don't know if there's a lot of room. And, like, what they did last time with her, I don't If I'm her, I'm like, uh, you know, maybe. Because it wasn't like she was booked to the top of NXT, you know? So no. 
I don't I don't know. I don't know if I'm hurt. I don't know if I'm rushing back. You know? Yeah. The only way I rush back is if they offer like so much more money than you can make doing impact and in indies. Well, but, I, if, yeah. if, it, but if that money is not there, like if it's, it has to be like a ridiculous amount of money and job security, but it, you know, if she sticks around an impact, look, she's got a lot of, she's going to be pushed as a star in impact. Yeah, um, she is. And she is. And, and look, say people would say what they want about impact and whether or not they have the best women's roster. That's, you know, who, who who's who to say like they, they don't look, they don't have the amount of talent, but what I would say is, is they use their women probably better yeah. than they definitely better than AEW. I would say right now. Um, and they uh, use their women better than, um, you know, maybe not too. WWE, maybe not WWE as a whole, but, um, specific shows they do right i I think they're like they like raw like bailey is all over raw and and she's all up and down the show and bianca biller is treated like a megastar becky's treated like a megastar so is ronda and charlotte but like specific shows i would say the tv show impact if you put it up against any other singular tv show i think they are doing a better job of promoting their women even if like WWE obviously probably has the more stacked roster. Um, AEW has a pretty good roster too, but I think Impact uses their roster a lot better. Yeah, I would. I, I don't think we had a sugar coated. I think I think Impact uses the roster better than the roster better than WWE does. WWE yeah. is WWE. They protect their stars, and everybody else is cannon fodder for the stars. True. So what do, what do you want to be like? If the money if the money's really good and you don't mind being cannon fodder, then that's okay. If you don't want to be cannon fodder and you want to be at the top of the division, the money's pretty good. Maybe not amazing, but pretty good. And, you know, I'm sure her husband's making a pretty good buck at AEW, so maybe mm-hmm. there's not the impetus to go back to WWE. If I'm her, I don't I don't know if I'm rushing back there, to be quite honest with you. And she, I think she fits in really well on Impact. So and, do I. You know, she, she got pushed to a title shot. She lost, which is, you know, fine. Not everybody's going to be the champion. And that was they, a great uh, match. That was a, was. Really, that was a really good match. It really was. And then she got put into an X division match. So you got more flexibility with Impact. So if you're done over in one division, you can get slide over into another division and go thrive there. And then now she's being put immediately into you know, one of the bigger matches at Bound for Glory and, and Mickey's like kind of retirement tour. So I, I think that, you know, Mia Yim is somebody that Impact will stay behind. Here's the thing. She's better than a good chunk. Of, I'll say it. A good chunk of the WWE women's roster. There's women that are not as good as her that get pushed. Yeah. And it, I don't think that will change if she goes back. So no. if I'm her, I'm kind of like, I don't know if they value me. And I don't think they value her, right? I don't – because it's not like she had this epic NXT run. So, I mean, no. like – Yeah. Right. Man, I really don't remember much about her NXT run. That was kind of during the – you know, when she was in NXT, and I know she got called up to that militant group. What was it called? Retribution. Retribution, which was got off when she ended up asking out of that and going back to NXT, and then she just didn't do anything. So oh. I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have the faith that uh, Papa H is going to push her, um, I mean, even if know, she does go back. I know Triple H is the greatest thing to ever happen to professional wrestling. Oh, and we're still in the of course where we must genuflect before him and tell him he's wonderful. Like he's I so great that. that nobody's buying tickets that. to AEW anymore. I heard today. So I did hear that today, which is. <laughs> I mean, another conversation unto itself. Um, what he, I think is hilarious is he's he's overinflated the ego of every mid card talent in professional wrestling. Like yeah. all the mid carders now, like, well, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll be better over there. 
did they do anything over there? No, but to change the scenery, you know. So I'm. He's yeah. like, well, not only will I push you over here, you could probably get married. You probably meet your soulmate here. Um, that is one thing in, they do in have. Our, in an hour playground that we have, this big that, orgy we call NXT. Yeah, that is true. There have been more. I don't. <laughs> more more uh, marriages were started than jumpings in the lot in the parking lot of the NXT locker room. <laughs> yeah, uh, the parking lot's not safe, and neither is the sex in NXT. Um... <laughs> yeah. No, basically, I think I think that uh, if. If I'm Scott Demore, I'm trying to make her happy because I think that she could be an important player for this division for a couple of years to come. You know, I don't think they're done with her yet. I think she's got a knockout title run at her at some point. I, I think that she does. I think they're going to keep it on Grace for a while. I know a lot of people will, we'll get into a, the Bound for Glory pre-show next week, but um, um, I, I have thoughts. I think I think Grace is who they're sticking with for a while, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. They should. The one but, thing I'm, anno- I'm annoyed with about Pearson against I think is every time someone wins the belt, the dorks, the, the dorks on Twitter are going, okay, who's going to beat them for it? It's like, dude, can they have the belt for five minutes before we're booking the next champion? Like, and that's not just, that's everywhere. Every time anyone wins any belt, these nerds can't figure out who should they, the first thing they worry about was who's going to beat them for that title. Like, Jesus, let them play out for like five minutes. Yeah. Why, why do, like, why do fans have to plan the next move? The company should plan the next move, right? But fans just, you know, hey, look, let's just enjoy the title reign for a while. Let's just see what we can get out of it. No, we can't enjoy title reigns. We have to complain about who doesn't have the title at the moment. <laughs> like, that's all we care about. It's not who the champion is. It's who isn't the champion and how that person is being screwed. Like, say, right. a tag team has three title belts, like three belts from three different titles. I Apparently, yeah. that's burying somebody, is putting all these yeah. championships on one tag team. They're buried, Mike, buried. Buried, putting them in the main event of a pay-per-view that you twice spend all your money on. Twice, yeah. Twice, yes. Buried. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of buried, let's talk about BTI. Um, well, do we have to? <laughs> well, you know well, they're actually, making it hard. They're making it harder for us to keep this gimmick up. Yeah, I'm going to get into BTI and JD. While I do that, can you check your settings to make sure that your microphone is connected? Because I think it might not be, um, oh. or it could just be my weird ears. But on on BTI, Yuya Yuimura from New Japan defeated uh one jason hotch jason hotch is uh one of these he's a, a young kid from the indies that in it that uh impact is uh trying to bring up and bring along and i know our good friend uh john muse is a has been impressed with this guy so um but i heard this was really good um i'm actually going to end up watching this i just have not had the time yet because i had to focus on the main show but um yeah bti everybody thank you for talking bti with us folks you told me i had my big beef fit without having my microphone plugged in i was doing this just into the computer the whole time damn it mike <laughs> yeah you know and i i it took me a little bit to notice it and i was like but you were talking i didn't want to interrupt you while you talked so well i was uh, having a fit you didn't say hey by the way genius plug your microphone in <laughs> credibility down it sounds place. great now uh sounds great now so uh that's all that matters garrett's gonna be infuriated I know. We're going to have to tell him, hey, like the first uh, 15, <laughs> 20 minutes, uh, JD didn't have his microphone plugged in, the uh, the professional. <laughs> you know, but you know what sucks about these things? You can't hear yourself. No, you know, I can no. I you, but I can't hear me, which yeah. like there's a and that, flaw and that's, in that system. Yeah, and that, and that 
has caught me a couple of times where I've submitted a show and uh, Garrett will DM me and say, hey, man, your mic wasn't hooked up the whole time. I'm like, well, shit, it was plugged into the computer, but I didn't go the extra step and look into the settings to make sure that it actually had been well, chosen. Right? Because you assume, like, you trust the machines, which is a mistake yeah. if Skynet taught us anything. Like, it's just, I don't know, man. Damn it. Now, I'm, now I have my tail tucked between my legs. <laughs> yeah, we already know you can be in trouble with shit. the boss. I know. I'm going to get it. <laughs> NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, uh, the uh, the show started off with uh, the Bullet Club, Ace Austin and Chris Bay, one of my favorite young tag teams, and uh, I guess uh, free agent Juice Robinson in their corner, <laughs> free agent my ass, uh, defeated Trey Miguel and Laredo Kid in what I thought was a pretty good match. Unfortunately, the uh, the crowd wasn't hot for this match, but I thought they did a lot of cool stuff. But uh, Bullet Club got the victory here. I, I think Laredo Kid and Trey Miguel are just kind of waiting and biding their time before they get put into another uh, storyline because they don't really have anything going on right now. So Austin and Bay get the victory. What do you think? Juice is everywhere this week. Um, he is. I don't believe him. He lies whenever anyone tells him. He's an old school worker. He's a freaking liar. Uh, is it me or is Bullet Club as an act kind of played out? I think they should get rid of the stupid Bullet Club name and impact. Um, I don't – I like it. Be, them being Bullet Club literally does not make me more interested in Ace Austin and Chris Bay. Um, I, I, I think, think it limits what you could do with them, honestly. So I think they should get rid of the Bullet Club name in New Japan. Like I just <laughs> – I, what does it mean anymore? Like I just – I was thinking about that when I watched Juice come out on Dynamite this week. I'm like, this doesn't mean anything. Like, no, like I said, nobody's reacting. Nobody's reacting to wrestling anywhere. There's this right. weird thing going on where people are just they're popping for big moves and finishes, but not matches. It's odd. And I just I kind of think we're stuck in a rut across the board. I just I don't know, man. Bullet Club is so like 2014. Like it's yeah. 2022. Like I really feel like Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time for a rebrand or something like that. It's just I don't know. I don't know if it helps. I don't think it helps Bay and Austin. I really don't. I, I it hasn't really done anything for Bay and no, Austin, and they're still kind of, you know, they're just still kind of toiling around on the undercard right now, and just kind of waiting for their moment to be put into another storyline. Um, now that the Good Brothers have left, so um, and you know, Ace was hot for a while. He did great in the Best of the Super Juniors, and then he came back and lost his title, and he's just been in this tag team that I think has a lot of promise. I just haven't done anything yet. I don't. I feel like Ace was hotter a year ago before all this stuff than he is right now. 
I, I I think so because a year ago he was in the main event of a of a premium live event against Christian, right? You use the PLE so, term. Nice job. Um, I, yeah. I I like that term better actually. Thank you WWE for creating that term. It makes more sense than a pay per view. You're right, but I don't like giving them credit for things. But you're right. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Yeah, it's one of uh, Uncle Vince's uh, lasting legacies. Well, that and many other things, but. Sexual harassment. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then I just feel like, I don't know. I feel like this isn't, I feel like throwing a bunch of bullet club stuff doesn't help impact. I don't think it does anything for AEW when they show up either. I don't think it's doing much for New Japan. Yeah. No, I mean, Juice Juice was on AEW against Moxley and nobody gave a fuck. Like that crowd did not care about Juice Robinson. And I was like, and to me, because I've seen him get some really good, uh, like he, he was treated like a big star whenever he first came to impact. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just cause like impact hadn't seen new Japan talent in so long. And he was like one of the first ones to come over. So like, I thought that him being on AEW would be a big deal, but heel juice Robinson, nobody cares about like, uh, that, that threw me off. I, I didn't see that one coming. I thought that he would be a big star of the AEW audience. He was not, it's, but neither was Bandito. The difference is Bandito won them over. Like, in a, it was very, it was a very interesting case. It was a very interesting social experiment. Nobody gave a shit about Juice the entire time. Moxley, so I actually really liked the finish of that match where Mox submitted him quick. Bandito also lost, but I'll say it, got over with the crowd yeah. in his loss. I think Bandito took advantage of his opportunity. Bandito, who was great in impact when we had him a couple months ago, I guess that's uh, done. That's- Let's save that bandito talk for uh, the Patreon. It's a good call. Yeah, you yeah talk about something. I, well, we we got that, and then uh, we're gonna talk Antonio Inoki uh, on the Patreon. Oh, yeah, so gonna, yeah, okay. yeah. So we, we need we need to talk about the all time legend. So stay tuned. Uh, go to patreoncom slash media to hear us talk about Antonio Inoki. We're gonna get into some um to some uh, bandito stuff. Uh, uh, El del Vikingo. Oh shit, I butchered that. Elhio del Vikingo. Vikingo, yeah, he is uh, eligible to wrestle in the States, so we're going to talk about him. So um, who has been an Impact before? That's why we're going to bring him up, and he's being linked to Impact. So Uncle Dave said that he would possibly come over. So we're going to talk about that. Um, but anyway, yeah, so this was a good match. I'm done with the Bullet Club. I think it's super played out. Um, next we go to Gia Miller. She's talking to Gujar, who last week uh, lost a ladder match uh, to Brian Myers. He said he suffered a broken nose. It looked legit to me. That was pretty gruesome. Um, but he's going to enter the Call Your Shot gauntlet match at Bound for Glory, which is, I think, a good spot for him. So uh, get in five minutes and get tossed. Gujar broke his nose for a match that I forgot happened a week ago. Yeah, right? I mean... Ladder matches, yeah. ladder matches mean nothing now. Everyone has them. They don't mean anything. They don't. They don't. And you know what? And this sucks because the guys really worked hard. They really they do. did. They yeah. all work hard. But it's like we see so much of them. Like, if yeah. if you're having a ladder match for the sake of having a ladder match, no one's going to care about it um, at all. But if you're having a ladder match that's a part of the story, like if it's a, a heated feud, you know, that could have a that could last a little bit longer. But, you know, obviously people are going to forget about it, too. But it, it would last longer than just some cold feud between Gujar and now Brian Myers. So that yeah. sucked. Um, so this I thought this was very interesting. And I'm uh, curious to hear your take on this because God Illa brought this up in the chat. Uh, and if I don't say that God Illa brought this up in the in the group chat, he, he will, is going to bitch at me. <laughs> He's going to tag me and say, accuse me of not giving him flowers, which 
you know, grown men giving other grown men flowers is a new thing for me. So I got to give him his flowers, but he actually is the first one that brought this up. So Jim Miller talked to Frankie Kazarian. So she's interviewing Frankie about the triple threat revolver match. Um, he talked about his effort in the match and his bound for glory match with uh, X division champion, Mike Bailey coming up. Uh, what he said that was very interesting. He says, you know, here in impact wrestling, Scott Demore understands that when you got a, a player batting 300, hitting 30 homers a year, you don't just let him sit on the bench. You put him in the game. And Scott DeMorris put me in the game. Th- that was a shot at Tony Khan, right? Does Frank – maybe, yeah, possibly. Does, Frankie Kazarian, he does Frankie Kazarian think he's a 300 hitter hitting 30 home runs in a game? Is he comparing well, himself to Aaron Judge? With this? I mean, I like Frankie a lot, but yeah. – um, I, Aaron That's, Aaron Judge, maybe not. Maybe maybe Mookie. I don't know. You know, <laughs> maybe, I mean, like, but, but yeah. he, I I think what he's saying is that like, hey, I'm awesome, and I I can't I can't seem to get myself on TV and AEW. So here I am in Impact, thriving. That's fine. Again, I think that I actually like these things. I think that because that I thought that was interesting because I saw how it how it went over well with our. Uh, just our little small sample size in our face in our our Twitter group. So I'm like, that worked. So whether yeah. he feels that way or not, I think that rallied some impact fans, which I think is what you should do. Like people get mad. Of people get mad about wrestlers saying that I'm happy to be where I am. <laughs> Boy, did Soraya take some heat for that. <laughs> she could have said it a lot better than she did. I think her thing is she just said it very poorly. Um, well, she, very has a, poorly. she has a history. She has a history of bad promos and bad Twitter etiquette. Um, yeah. And just bad behavior all around, but no comment. Um, yeah. I think it's the right promo for the right crowd. I think it worked. He probably does want it. I mean, who doesn't? I mean, I've said this before. All wrestlers should want to be pushed harder than them. John Moxley was like, I'm not happy with my push. And he was the champion. Like, <laughs> Well, he like, didn't think that he was a real champion. So he I like, know. No, I have to beat Punk. That's, just, that's what I'm saying. He did. And like, yeah. I, I, fine, sure, great. I love it. I love it. I think it's awesome. Like, yeah. you take a little, isn't it? I don't know. I think we lose the term shot too much. Like, oh, that's a shot. Ooh, that's a shot. I'm like, I don't know. It's just, I don't think every time you say, hey, man, I want to be more, I want to be utilized necessarily constitutes as a, a shot. Like, that's just like social media verbiage that we're carrying over into like real conversation that I think makes things more um, aggressive than they need to be. Right. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, no, I, I, I understand. Um, I, I just thought that it was interesting that he's taking, uh, you know, a shot or whatever, but it seemed like he was criticizing his current employer on another company's TV show, which I thought was interesting. I know they had Bobby, Bobby fish at the show last week complaining about stuff too. And nobody cares what that guy thinks about anything. Um, oh yeah, but he's not currently under contract to AEW. He's a no, he's know, freelancer. Tr- yeah, trying to finagle his way back into to Triple H's waiting arms. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I, is it? A, I don't know if it's a shot so much as hey, I'm I'm being utilized here. I also find it hilarious that he's praising Scott Demore's elevation of talent when we've let go of some really good talents over the last year that he didn't do anything with, like your Jake yeah. Somethings of the world and stuff like that. So maybe pump the brakes on that a little bit. Yeah, maybe. But, uh, you know, the wrestlers are typically happy if you push them and they're not going to bring up anybody else's business. That's true. So like, That's true. Like, Scott Demore is Scott Demore is great. He he pushes me. I was like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, talk to Hakeem Zayn and or Rohit Raju and Jake something who should have been pushed in this company. And uh, they just kind of struggled for three years. And we just talked contracts. to we just talked about Chris Bay and Ace Austin, you know, treading water. Yeah. So 
I don't know. You know. Um, as Tom Hannafin and Matthew Raywalt were on camera running down the Bound for Glory card, a man in a yellow hoodie making a hand gesture, which I think was the the whole Viper thing, whatever whatever the hell that was for violence, uh, and tried to jump the rail before being taken away by security. Um, thoughts? I can't do it. <laughs> I, I, I can't. It's like, it's like one of those. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do it. It's um, assaulting is stupid. You know, and it kind of reminds me of the Dexter Loomis stuff on Raw. So Man, I thought the like, same and, thing. And so I was like, I, hey, do we need to do it? I mean, it just happened. Like, and Loomis is still kind of doing that, except for he's stalking Miz at his house now. So it's like Impact, you know, I, I'm not saying that you shouldn't do anything that the other companies are doing. I, you know, I think we all kind of borrow and steal from everybody. But this just happened on Raw. And so now we're we're doing this, like, literally, like, uh, on one match, Dexter Loomis attacked Miz while another guy that was an unknown guy attacked AJ Styles like earlier in the match, right? To set up the other attack. So like yeah. they're they're actually doing this stuff actively on Raw. You don't need to be doing it on your program. Yeah, I I, I and uh I, I question I question the choices of using it. Like it just again, it's not the first time a guy has been attacked from the stands, right? And it's an unknown guy. It's not like it's a name. But, I mean, just like the thing in the hoodie, like it just – it feels – the timing of it feels poor. I'll say that. If this had happened yeah. three months ago, okay. If this happens three months from now, sure. It's the – I think the timing is the issue, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of um, Violent by Design, there is a – so Dave Meltzer mentioned this like briefly in his newsletter as if it Missed were like it. a – Thing. Yeah, so well, he didn't mention violent by design. He mentioned uh, violence is forever. Kevin Koo and Dominic Garini, uh, who is a, they're kind of a hot indie tag yeah. team right now. They're, they work in North Carolina. I think they're doing some stuff for Prestige uh, and on the West Coast. Former MLW tag team. Former MLW tag team. He mentioned them as dope. being. He mentioned them as being impact wrestling talent. I don't know if that was just a typo or what, but I would got to thinking I, I these guys would actually be perfect to be bringing into violent by design. If they were going to bring them in, they, they got the whole violence thing already connection. I last time I saw Dominic Greeny, he wasn't all that good. Um, but uh, Kevin Koo, I, I'm not really all familiar with, but uh, he seems to be energetic. I don't know. Kevin Koo's better than Dominic Greeny. I like Dominic Greeny in theory, right? Like Dominic, He's popular on the right wrestling circles, right? So we're supposed to say that Dominic Green, he's awesome. I'm not a big fan of his work in the ring. I think his whole gimmick is that he used to do BJJ, right? Like, well, he's he's a, I think he's a purple belt jujitsu. I mean, like, people, someone's like, oh, the gimmick should be he's a black belt. I'm like, well, you know, the saying you're a purple belt makes you sound legitimate in jujitsu, right? right? Because a black belt's very hard to attain in jujitsu. They make you wait forever before giving you. So saying you're a purple belt actually gives credence to what you're saying. I think he's a pretty good jujitsu player, but um, pro wrestler, he's okay. You know, yeah. uh, the tag team seems to get over. That being said, I think they would fit in pretty good here. I like Kevin Cook. I think Kevin Cook's pretty good. Now they're one of our body guys. Um, so for a TV promotion, eh. but uh, their work's good. I mean, like Kevin Cook specifically works good, and I think that he makes up for some of Garini's shortcomings. So like, yeah. I, I actually like their stuff with Team Filthy in uh, MLW. Like, Oh, that's right. I, I remember Greeny being in Team Filthy. I yeah. just, for whatever reason, like, I just, I can't remember ever a time where I saw Kevin Koo wrestle. So, um, yeah, he, he was there. I mean, like, he kind of, again, Tom is such a, was such a dominating presence in that whole thing that he's the one you always think of. Again, Team Filthy. But, yeah. uh, 
be they would be they would be a good pickup. I don't know why I don't know why Dave made that slip up, but I, he might have just been thinking MLW and then he said Impact, but it just got it just got me thinking because uh I think it was Lucha Doncic in the chat. He brought up that uh, Violence is Forever would be a good fit with a Violent by Design if they were to bring them in as a tag team in that group. And then what was Brody King's ROH stable called? They're Violence something too, right? They were they Violence Lifeblood. No, no, that was <laughs> that was Juice. That was know, Juice. Uh, no, they're him and like Homicide and and Dickinson. They were like Violence Unlimited. I want to say they were called Violent. Was it Violence Unlimited? I think it was Violence Unlimited. Like, there's a lot of something like that. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of that going around. It seems. And then, of course, the greatest violence tag team was the Miracle Violence Connection. Yes, that yes. is accurate. Not even close. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just I just started thinking about uh, 1992 and 93 WCW uh, all of a sudden just randomly. But you know, while it was they booked that they booked all Japan's top guys in tag team in a company that had this working relationship with New Japan, like yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, Bill Watts didn't give a fuck. Uh, <laughs> he really, he really didn't. He totally tried loved- to kill WCW. I loved. I I'm a fan of the booking in '92, '93, but he just like couldn't maintain relationships, and that's what fucked him over. But um, and he tried to set the clock back about ten years. But Bill Watts couldn't maintain relationships with people. No, the hell, no. the hell, you say? <laughs> Shock, shocking words. <laughs> uh, digital media champion Brian Myers defeated Crazy Steve, and that was talking the digital media championship, folks. Thank you, thank you for talking digital media championship. Uh, he cheated to win, uh, got the victory over Steve. It was not really much to the match. Um, hit him with the roster cl- clothesline. Uh, they got on the mic afterwards, asking for more competition from the blue check marks and such, and then issued an open challenge at Bound for Glory, a challenge which seems to have been accepted by uh, one Joe Hendry, although I don't think that's official. I think that was just something on Twitter. They were going back and forth. So uh, who knows? Who knows who could be in that spot? I got nothing. Yeah. I You know, one of the names that came to my mind was uh, John Morrison or Johnny Impact because, you know, it seems like AEW might have passed on him. And I don't know. I mean, the guy's in his 40s now. I don't know if WWE is going to bring him back, but um, I thought that would be a good guy to bring in for that spot. So, um, yeah, they brought yeah. uh Is the digital media title beneath John, Johnny, oh, whatever, uh-huh. Johnny Impact? A hundred percent, it is. No, it, it absolutely is. He's the former Impact champion. That's you what I'm saying. In, I think. I think you could bring him in. You should bring him in for the world title. But I just know Impact, so uh, I just, I'm just, it just seems like something they would do. Yeah, I, I can't argue with the, I can't argue with your logic there. <laughs> yeah, uh, Swinger and Dice were backstage talking about Swinger's Palace and the Swinger's ex-fiance, um, Swingerella number two. I think was it number two? I believe it was um, two. Number two, yeah, uh, and another woman who I believe was Swingerella number one, um, Riley Rockets or whatever her name is. Um, uh, they were talking talking about her, and then his ex fiance and another woman confronted them. Johnny Bravo then walked in as he is the Swingerella number two. He is the new husband of Swingerella number two, and then they made an inside joke about no one watching Russell House two, which I thought was actually kind of funny because literally nobody did watch that show. In fact, we didn't watch. Yeah, we even didn't even do a show on it because we're like, you guys are gonna waste their fucking time. We're not, we're not watching it. So, um, 
And then uh, Tal Valkyrie and Jessica walked in and they were disgusted by the scene. Dice found a roll of cash uh, that happened to belong to Hernandetti. Uh, the guy who wrote this said this was awful. Uh, I I laugh at Johnny Swinger and Zicky Dice, but for the most part, yeah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> this is might be my least favorite Johnny Swinger thing. That's <laughs> yeah. not Wrestle House related since we started doing the show. Because whatever. Yeah. I feel like this just ate up TV time. Yeah, it did. Uh, and then another the Joe Hendry uh, vignette aired. Um, with, he said the same Canadian actors. I'm pretty sure these guys are from Scotland. <laughs> They're from Joe Hendry's uh, wrestling school out of Scotland. Um, I think he said that. I think he put that on yeah. Twitter. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. And he said they actually like they're they're wrestlers out of his school, and he actually paid them for these vignettes. So he Hendry's filming all these himself. So which I think is cool. Um, Very I thought cool. this was. I thought this was number three out of three. If you're if you're ranking the videos that we've seen so far, where they come into the courtroom and all that stuff and looking for um, getting some money and the jo- money's going to Joe Hendry, I thought I didn't think this one was the best, but I thought it was still pretty good. Still pretty good. Remind, I got something for Patreon. Remind me to talk about this and Kurt Angle when we get to Patreon. I have oh. a take. I have a take. All right. So on Patreon, sign up for Patreon right now. Go to patreon.com slash Media, where uh, JD is going to state that Joe Hendry is the next Kurt Angle. All right. Stay tuned for that. It's going to get a lot of heat. <laughs> Not what I said, but sure. If it, if it sells, you know what? If it sells subscriptions, yes, that's what I said. It's like, I got to listen to this fucking idiot compare <laughs> Hendry to Kurt Angle. <laughs> uh, and then a camera secretly caught a conversation between Rosemary and Father James Mitchell. She was asking for advice about her issues with Havoc and Jessica, as she wants Havoc back and not Jessica, obviously. Valkyrie and Jessica then walked in as uh, Valkyrie pleaded for Rosemary to drop it. Jessica likes who she is, and uh, Valkyrie said that Rosemary is in or out. They're in. They got excited again, and uh, they're going to go and uh, get the tag team titles. So there you go. This JD. entire sequence is based on the idea of Rosemary asking Father James Mitchell, of mm-hmm. all people, for advice. I just well, if if you remember, um, Jessica Havoc was down into the pit of hell uh, with Father James Mitchell, and then they had to go. Taya Valkyrie had to go get her out and bring her back, and she became a new person. And now, I know, I know. I know. JD, but it's now. All- one Father James Mitchell to take her back to hell and bring back the other havoc, which could happen in wrestling. So it's it whoa, it could happen in impact. Like it's all in continuity, like it's all there. It just I don't know, man. There's times I watch this show and I'm like, it's not it's not for me. Like I don't know, man. I'm not gonna do the gift thing like you did like you like to bring up, but it's just I don't know. It's just I, Hey, you, you can't hit home runs every time, Aaron Judge. Uh, he struck out tonight. So, um, got sixty-one. Is is he clean? You think he's clean? Uh, you know what? I think it's a lot easier. Or I think that um, if you got a lot of money, uh, I th- you could beat those tests. Um, no matter you how he, often you're what tested. Do you, what do you think? Do you think he's clean though? I. You know what, dude? I. I. Honestly, I'm gonna because I have no evidence to the contrary. I'm gonna say he's clean. But if he popped positive, or somebody found something where he was getting something from a pharmaceutical company or whatever, um, it wouldn't shock me in the least. Um, do you think he? Do you think he looks like like McGuire and so like baseball's deceptive? No. Like he doesn't look like McGuire. McGuire and Sosa looked like they could have been in WWF at the time. Like oh, well, and they they look like you know from earlier in their career to the home run years, they look like 
like completely different people, right? Same with Bonds, right? Like Bonds <laughs> is super fit athlete, one of the best baseball players ever, even like before, before. the Roids. And then all of a sudden he, you know, looking like Bobby Lashley, like he was like that. He, huge, did. Right? He, did. he, he did. He did. He had the he big bald head and everything. Yeah. He did. He looked like Bobby Lashley. You're a hundred percent correct yeah. on that. And so Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Judge, he just, like that. but you know what? Neither, honestly, a guy who that did shock me that was on the road was A-Rod. I, I thought, oh, he's just like a super fit athlete, just kind of a bigger guy, naturally strong. And then it turns out he was on the roids the whole time. So, yeah, um, yeah, you're some a lot of times those guys can be deceptive with who is yeah. on steroids. Like Roddy Piper was on steroids, and a lot of people are like, what? Like, you hear that, you know, but, yeah, uh, but but when you look at early his early WWF run, you could he's tell. bigger than you think. Yeah, he's definitely yeah. bigger than you like, think. Like, if you look at 80, 84, 84, 85 Piper versus yeah. you know, 1980 Piper when he's in Los Angeles, like completely different human beings, right? Or 80 or like 89, 90 Piper when he's also yeah. clearly not on it anymore, you know, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah um, next we go. Um, we go. This is. I thought this was cool, man. Uh, Black Tarus defeated Ring of Honor legend, one of the greatest wrestlers in the history of Ring of Honor. Uh, delirious. <laughs> I think you're delirious if you fucking believe that. But uh, <laughs> he, he he defeated him. I thought this was a good little match. And Black Tarus gets another win over a white guy. So that's cool. They got to bring in guys from another company to beat for Black Tarus to get wins over white guys. You but know, hey, he's, you know what? Hey, he's got a couple. He's got a couple. He's kind of on a winning streak. I think he's mm-hmm. won his last few matches. And then in the triple threat revolver, he's the only one besides Kaz who didn't get pinned. True. So I, I'm like, man, I think they might be trying to do something with Torus here. Maybe. You know, it'd be a really good idea. An impact Lucha title. I know a guy who had that idea once. Uh, man, I'm, I'm kind of proud of myself that both myself and John Muse had that idea at the same time, just different names uh, of the titles. So I remember having both those conversations being like, <laughs> I think I've had this conversation before. Um, <laughs> it was like the same week. You guys both had the same idea. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I thought this was a good, a good match. Um, and Taurus yeah, this was a good great. match. It was a good match. Yep. Taurus oh, is right. awesome. Yes. Yeah, no, he's he's fantastic. Um, I think I just don't think the gimmick is gonna work in some of the bigger companies. You know, I think that would kind of hold him back a little bit. But he's so damn good. He's mini Mantar. Like, let's be yeah, honest. that's what the gimmick. Yeah. I mean, like, what works, what works in lucha does not necessarily translate in some cases. Like in Black Taurus, example, you're Black Taurus, you come to Impact, they stick you in Decay. Yeah. You know, if his mask looks different, maybe he's in a better position because he's literally one of the best bass players in the world, right? He's right. one of the best bases in the entire planet, like as far as Lucha goes. So, yeah, I don't think you're wrong. Yeah. Uh, next, we go to a Bob Fish interview. Uh, he was uh, backstage. That's why he was at Impact. I, well, Gia, I would hate to be the one to tell you this. He doesn't have a job, so that's why he's at Impact. He needs money. Um, but he said competition and legitimacy. And then he called out Impact World Champion Josh Alexander uh, or Alexander's next challenger, Eddie Edwards, and that he intends to challenge the winner after the match because he is going to be in the bound, the the gauntlet for the gold or what are the, the call your oh, shot, shot gauntlet at uh, Bound for Glory. So um, and uh, the the person who wrote this, like, I don't know. Was it Josiah? Hold on. Let me No, Wait, Chick Fritz. Chick oh, Fritz. Fritz. Yeah, we can bury Fritz. Fritz uh, said that this was very unimportant. So that's what he said. I disagree that it's unimportant. They're trying to make it seem important. There's this weird thing on Twitter that I'm kind of over with. Everybody makes really bad Bobby Fish jokes, but they think they're hilarious. Like everyone on Twitter is like, Bobby Fish is old. 
And I, I'm she's like 20 variations on that joke every day, and none of them are funny because none of you are funny. None of you motherfuckers are funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, look. Yeah, Bobby Fish is like what in his 40s, but the guy can still, he can still go. Yeah. Like the guy, like his match. Like I know that people got mad at him for kicking out after the go to sleep uh, that he got hit with with CM Punk, but that was a good match. Okay. Right? Uh, okay. Okay. Owen Hart broke Steve Austin's neck and kicked out on three. Yeah. This is just an old school wrestler thing. Like, you know, oh, I, I, it's it's cheap shit. You kick out on three. But I mean, like, I don't know. Everyone takes everything. Everything is so, like, offensive and people get so mad about dumb shit. Right. Well, especially people that have never been in the ring are getting mad over stuff like that. And, uh, you know, if P- if the other wrestlers were really mad that he did that, he probably wouldn't have been brought back. Because he ended up getting signed right after that. Yeah, he would have gotten a receipt. As yeah. they call it, we're getting punched um, in the face. The Which one Afor- yeah, <laughs> the aforementioned Mia Yim uh, had an interview. Um, said uh, Mickey James's title or retirement tour continues with a match against Yim at Bound for Glory. Yim referenced her history. They actually even played a clip from uh, 2010 Maryland Championship Wrestling, which I thought was kind of cool that they actually would u- utilize something like that. Uh, so James ended up beating Yim in that match and then claimed that she was much more prepared. And this was a, a good little segment. I think at one point Giselle Shaw showed up, I thought, um, but it wasn't in, it wasn't in the, the, the recap here on the Observer. But I, I thought this was a strong interview, and I really liked the, uh, the they're using the indie footage. I think she's a better interview than people give her credit for. Like, she's not, like, the greatest. She's not Becky Lynch. But I think she's really – I think she's solid. I think she's a solid interview, man. I like I like Mia Yim. Me too, and I think she's a great star for this company, and I hope that Me I too. hope that they figure it out and they're able to get her for a couple more years. You know, mm-hmm. maybe the the six month deal was just kind of like, you know, you're kind of courting a little bit, you're dating a little bit, and uh, then we'll see. Hey, do we want to continue on at this point? And uh, I hope that they come to the conclusion, both sides, that this is the the perfect fit because I really do feel like this is the perfect fit for both of them. Because I I see her if she goes to AEW, I see her going over there just kind of like Athena. Right. And go over there and probably back down the card immediately. Right. Doing stuff on dark and, you know, and stuff like that. So um, here I think she'll be in meaningful stories and have big matches. I don't think she's going to. I don't I don't see AEW in her future. Like, I just I don't like I really feel like if they wanted her, they would have gotten her a while ago. And I don't I don't. I don't foresee that. I think she's good here. I think WWE is more of a concern. I hope she doesn't go there because her talents weren't valued last time. And they weren't, like I said, in the next they weren't valued that much. Like, I hope she stays here. Like, I really do. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Next, we have the Honor No More celebration. Um, you know, this kind of went on for a while. Um, nothing really kind of happened. They ended up getting into a brawl. So um, after a while of Eddie Edwards talking shit, where he mentions the word righteous a few times, um, which I thought was interesting because he had, uh, you know, Vinny or Vincent right there next to him, who is the leader of the righteous. So I maybe that's nothing. I have no idea. But I did just wanted to point out that that was interesting to me that he kept using the word righteous, um, that his cause was righteous. Um, whatever that cause may be, um, Alexander walked out with a microphone of his own claimed honor no more was afraid. Um, and then Eddie Edwards responded claiming Alexander was blind and he would open his eyes at bound for glory. Um, and then eventually they challenged Alexander to a fight, uh, of, 
to fight all of Honor No More, and then he obliged them. And the next thing, you know, Rich Swan, uh, Heath, and the Motor City Machine Guns came, and then they had a big five-on-five brawl. Um, yeah, this just kind of was meaningless, went on forever, and uh, I don't know. I just wasn't interested. Spinning our wheels, man. This whole Eddie Josh thing is just a bunch of wheels spinning. I really – I don't know if they just – I don't know if they waited too long to pull the trigger or what, but I just I feel like yeah. the, I feel like the teeth are really out of this thing, and this is possibly my least favorite Josh view of the past year. Yeah, uh, so I think that they should have done this at Slam Anniversary. I agree. I felt like they should have kept Eddie Strong to Slam Anniversary, and that should have been the crescendo. Um, but they wanted to go with Eric Young because the 20th anniversary. Eric Young's an all-time TNA legend. I get it. But I think they made a mistake. Um, yeah. I, I think that that um, they what they did was they just kind of just like pushed Honor No More to the back burner for a while, and then now they're trying to push them back up to the top. And I think people just stopped caring once they lost so many matches in a row. Um, they just stopped caring about them. Um, and then Eddie, Eddie, even Eddie lost a couple of matches. I know he he lost to Ishii and he lost a couple other ones. So it's just like ah, uh, you know. Yeah, I, I really feel like the time to go with this was early on when I don't know more. I don't know more was one of the hottest things in wrestling for oh, a little yeah. bit there at the beginning of the year. That was a really cool storyline, and people were into it and talking about it. And I just I didn't feel like we we took advantage of it at the time. And now that they are, and you hear about how half the half the the units you know contracts are expiring, it just I feel like we missed the window. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really do. Yep. Uh, next, we got Heath and uh, Rich Swan defeated uh, PCO and Vincent. And Vincent, um, PCO beat up his body quite a bit during this match, as he uh, tends to do. Um, Heath turned things around after receiving a hot tag. PCO saved Vincent from the finish, rushed to the ring to flip momentum for his team again, but just fell to the floor. Swan hit Vincent with a high kick and a Phoenix splash to close the match. So, um, nice little match there after a, a pretty bad segment. So, it was fine. Uh, next, next we go to Moose. He had a short interview, uh, turned into a little brawl with uh, Steve Macklin. Um, th- I, this was fine. Um, this basically Moose uh, finally admitted that he and Macklin had a deal, and that now they're both in the uh, Call Your Shot gauntlet. So it's fine. Again, this is just um, moving us forward. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sam Callahan, Macklin back to be. Uh, inserted or Callahan in begged to be inserted into the Macklin Moose match next week. So he is talking to Scott Demore and Demore said that he could be the special referee. So uh, again, just another like, Hey, let's get from point A to point B to point C. Um, so this thing is continuing a little bit. We're going to have Moose and Macklin next week with Sammy Callahan as the special referee. Sammy Callahan broken an or- orbital bone from uh, the barbed wire massacre match, by the way, from the previous. Oh, week. I didn't know that. So, yeah. Yeah. And that, that was kind of one of the, the onus of the interview. So, um, <clears throat> so next we got Moose, uh, Gujar, Bobby Fish, and Steve Macklin were all announced for the Bound for Glory Gauntlet match, joining PCO, Rich Swan, Heath, and Giselle Shaw. So, um, quite a few people already announced for that. I'm sure we'll have some surprises and some legends and what you know, whatever else. Yeah, and then we cool. go to the, then we go to the main event. Masha Slamovich defeating Ali Catch, Ali Catch, from Game Changer Wrestling. Um, a very, very, very not good wrestler is Ali Catch that everybody um, pretends is great because of Twitter. Oh, well, you know what? And so I had a conversation with a mutual friend of ours, and I'll tell you who that is off air. Um, oh, okay. But he, he has actually met Allie Catch and has had some conversations with her. 
And, and he was like, yeah, she's not good. However, everybody just seems to like her. Like she's like one of the boys, like all the wrestlers love her. They like to bring her along and give her opportunities. Cause they just think she's like an awesome chick that she's just fun to be around. Everybody just seems to like this person. She's a sweetheart. And so that's why she's getting these opportunities. And you know what? I'm just like, okay, I get it. All right. I, now do I agree with it? Right? No. But I do get that, hey, you want to give your friends opportunities. Even if they don't deserve them, that's your friend. You want to hook them up. I, I you know, totally get it. Um, so <clears throat> she, shouldn't, she shouldn't have been on this show. But since she was, if she was going to be in this match on this show <clears throat> against Masha Slamovich, who spent a year killing every other woman in the division within a couple of minutes, right? Every woman that ever she ever faced, with the exception to Deanna Perrazzo, she killed in just a few minutes, right? No sold everything. And then all of a sudden, we're bringing in an alley catch who this audience doesn't even know yet. No right? video packages. Well, no I video didn't packages. Any video packages. I right. needed a video package to know who alley catch was. I did. Right. But. Yeah. So nobody really knows her. And, and I'm not like one of those people like, hey, I don't get mad if you introduce a new character and I don't you don't explain to them who they are right away. If, if I find if I know that I'm going to eventually find out this person over time, I'm cool with that. The problem is this is a one and done deal. Like they're bringing this person in for the night and Masha Slamovich has killed everybody else, but you're bringing this girl off the street and you got Masha selling for her in a 20 minute match. Right now the, the match was not great, but it wasn't sucked. like, it, it sucked. It, yeah. It, so, you know, if seeing people get hurt and plunder is kind of fun. Right. And that's really all that you got out of it. But, like, they couldn't have been less coordinated together. Like, the chemistry oh. just wasn't there. Um, Allie's just not very good, right? And at times the fans were into it, but the fans are into stuff whenever you're hitting somebody over the head with a trash can lid. That doesn't, that's not going to impress me too much, but. I thought Scott the Moore was a great judge of talent, Frankie. I, I don't um, think that, I, you know what? I, Scott DeMore is the boss, and he does deserve the blame for this. I think this is very much. Masha no. and Jordan being friends with Alley Catch. I, I think get, that's what this okay, is. Okay, fine. Why does it have to be the main event? Right. Well, and in Monsters Ball, it's like, and yeah. then Masha's what? selling for her. Like, what yeah. are we doing? No, this like, she was bad. a killer. This is bad. This is like, yeah. this is really bad. This was like a case of, like you said, everyone likes so and so, so they're in. And that's fine. Bring her in and let Masha kill her. And then it's yeah. over. Right? Like, why did this have to be the main event? Why did it have to be Monsters Ball? Why do we have to watch bad wrestling? Like, yeah. why? I don't understand. There's good wrestling every week on this show. There usually there's really good matches. Like, especially in the knockouts division. I mean, like, um, it's awesome. That is fantastic. The people love Alley Catch. Like, people like Marco Stunt a lot too. And they stop booking him because yeah. he's Marco Stunt. Like, at some point, like it's got to be a business, right? And why did this have to be the main event? Why did you have to take this? Like, why did we have to have Masha st like selling for this person who's not good, who you have nothing invested in? Like everything about this was so poorly done and it was a bad match. I don't think it should even been on television, let alone a main event. It was garbage. It was indie. I mean, like, I like indie wrestling, but that was indie garbage. It was awful. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. I mean, they wanted to have a match that you would see on Game Changer Wrestling, and that's exactly what they had. The big difference yeah. is, is Game Changer Wrestling can sell tickets. Impact can't. They're, that's true. Yeah. And the, well, this is the sad state of affairs is like 
Game Changer Wrestling, and they do have good matches. I'm not going to say Game Changer doesn't have good matches because <clears throat> they do. <clears throat> but you will get a lot of this on the Game Changer show too, and their audience likes it. Yeah, that's not it. That's not. It's not an impact on us. And Brett Lauderdale's done a really good job cultivating this um, outsider mentality amongst wrestling fan amongst wrestling fans, and the people who love Game Changer love game changer but there's a lot of stuff that they do in game changer that cannot be replicated in a big promotion like you know effie shoving a dildo down marco stunt's throat like you cannot do that <laughs> no. you can't do that in no. a real wrestling promotion like well, especially when you have you know you're selling ads on access tv right and you got sponsors and you got these other stuff you just can't you can't do stuff like that and they they Game Changer is very much an outlaw mud show, but they do a good job of selling tickets. They're so. good at being an outlaw mud show. I'll yeah. give them that. Yeah, and so they wanted to bring a little bit of that here. I think that Allie Catch is desperate to get on TV. De- desperate might be a strong word, but she really wants to be a TV wrestler, but she just doesn't have the skill set. She oh. has the friends, but she doesn't have the skills. And her skills, so they put her in a hardcore match. So, look, they wanted to bring Allie in, right? So they put her in Monster's Ball because they wanted to you know, play to her strengths a little bit because she's not – look, you bring in the Sandman, you don't want him to have a, a wrestling match, right? You're going to let him use some Whoa. tables and chairs. I'm Hold on, hold on. I'm not comparing Okay, okay, okay. Okay. Yeah, Sandman was incredibly over. Alley Catch is not right. So, um, but you bring in somebody like that, you're gonna want to ha- let them have their type of match, right? So AEW when they brought in Nick Gage to wrestle Jericho, they had a death match, right? And so you bring in Alley Catch, you don't want to have Alley Catch in a regular match because she's not a very good wrestler. So you put in a hardcore match. So I think that's why they did the Monsters Ball. Um, it just even in a Monsters Ball, she's not good. Like the skill set's just not there. Why are we bend? Why are we bending over backwards to protect people who don't work here? That's the that's the whole thing. I don't my whole get thing, it. That's my whole thing. Why? Okay, look. If you're gonna bring her in and you want to put her in a hardcore match, great. Five minutes. Let her get two moves on Masha. Masha kills her, and then we go home. Right? Like that's what we should be doing. But because they're friends and everybody wants to be nice, right? And they want to pick this person up and give them a spot. They go twenty minutes, and it was awful. I got. I mean, like, I don't know, man. I think if Scott the Moore's in charge of this stuff. He's got to say no, and they should have yeah. edited this down. They should have edited this down because, like, they should have. I don't. I think this hurts. I don't know. I think it hurts Masha's credibility because the vast, the Impact fans really aren't going to care about this. I just don't think this makes no. your product look professional. I really don't. Like, it was awful. No. It was one of the worst Impact matches I've seen in two years. Yeah, no, it it uh, it, sh- it shouldn't it shouldn't happen, but it did. Um, kind of end end on a sour note. But hey, uh, before we head over to Patreon and uh, and keep the conversation going, you got anything to plug right now? Because I know don't you got something coming out soon? I got something coming out. Um, and as we're recording this, the morning of the evening of the first, going into the morning of the second, I'm going to launch a new Kickstarter on the 11th. It's for my first book. Actually, we're re-releasing my first book. It's a horror novel called hawk hollow i'll push that a little harder when we get closer to it but it's coming 
my, my oh and my i had a story i had a i had a short story I, I forgot about i had a short story come out in a book that hit the that hit amazon today called after the fall it's like a it's like a collection of at least 25 short stories about the end of the world and everybody everybody wrote a short story about uh what life is like at the end of the world and mine was about vampires so pretty proud of that it oh, actually nice. is really good there's some some really big name like big name horror writers and, and little old me that got to participate in this that's a lot of fun after the fall four bucks available on amazon i highly recommend you guys will go pick it up that's cool man i hope everybody checks it out all right guys if uh, you're if you're following along on youtube or podcasts or, or apple Podcasts, sorry or spotify or wherever you get your podcasts um join us on patreon go to patreon.com slash fight game media we're going to keep the conversation going there patreon stick around without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.